What's good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation podcast. This is the Stats and Mags podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero, and with me, as always, on the Friday, Michelle Majuk. Hi, Michelle. Hello. We are crawling to the season. Like, we are almost to training camp, finally. But the, has this been one of the longest off-seasons ever? Don't say it like that. We're, we only have one more show after today before training camp. That's a good thing. It is a good thing, but I feel like I, I thought that offseason was going so fast. Like it felt like it got to the NFL draft incredibly fast. And then June and July hit. And I feel like we've been in the month of July for five months. It, <laughs> I, I, I love me some summer and I don't want the summer to just go away like that. But it does feel like we've been in July forever. We are so close to the end. And like once training camp starts for the 49ers, like it's not a slow easing into the season. It is pedal to the metal, full go, because the quarterback battle is going to be front and center right from the first snap of training camp. And it's interesting this year, there's so many question marks at quarterback all across the league. So there's going to be so much to pay attention to. I actually can't remember a time where you did not know the starting quarterback. There's like six or seven teams out there where you're like, yeah, we don't really know yet. Uh, So I'm really excited for training camp. Those preseason games are going to be must watch, which like, like you said, as we've been starving here through June and July, please sign me up for that. Like who wouldn't take a preseason game on Sunday right now? I love preseason games. I might be the weirdo, but luckily my <laughs> wife also loves them. I remember like on our honeymoon, we were in um, we were in Mexico and there was a bunch of preseason games on. So if we were in the hotel room, we'd have it on. And we were like, we're such a weird couple right now that we'd have preseason games on and our honeymoon. It was we were there forever. But uh, yeah, we just <laughs> I, I, I love football and I love preseason games. You get to see all of these players that are just fighting for a roster spot and they're working their butts off. And it's just really fun. They get to see what, you know, what they're doing out there. That is like next level dedication by you. (laughs) That is, I gained like so much respect for you that you literally were watching preseason football on your honeymoon. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the whole time, but you know, if you needed a little break from the sun, uh, I, uh, fun fact, I'm allergic to the sun. So I mean, I, I stayed out there as much as I could, and I, I definitely paid for it. But sometimes I had to go inside. I, you live on this planet, right? I mean, I don't understand how that works. <laughs> I'm not like deathly allergic, but I get really severe bumps on my hands and my arms. It's pretty gross if I stay out in the sun too long. I mean, I can wear sunscreen, but I also was just figuring this out on my honeymoon. So it was, it was a disaster. I'll, I can send you a picture. It was pretty gross of the seventh day of the honeymoon. Yeah, I I definitely need to see that. I think Uh, (laughs) if it makes you feel any better, my wife and I both got sick on our honeymoon. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't an ideal trip for me. Are you always sick? No, a sick man. That's the thing. I'm never sick today. I am. You should see me. And thank God you can actually, I'm in my glasses, (laughs) which I never wear. And I got this blanket wrapped around me. Like it's 40 degrees outside. Yeah. You're literally wrapped in a blanket. Like you're a 90 year old lady right now. Yep. Uh, that's that's when look when I'm gonna get sick I go all the way I'm I'm nothing half-assed here on stats and mags um if you haven't done so already please now is the perfect time follow the Niners Nation podcast network we got some big things coming up for the start of the regular season we're gonna make a big announcement probably next week uh bringing somebody on board that we're very very excited about something that I've been trying to get in the in the official for months 
So now that uh, hopefully that is worked out, we'll be able to announce that soon. So there's a lot coming up. You definitely don't want to miss an episode. All right. In this show, we're going to do two things. One, we're going to look at the rest of the NFC because you don't know this, but every time we go to record, Michelle complains that the NFC is the softer conference, that that the NFC teams have it so much easier, that it's pillowy soft. So we thought we would look at the NFC and pick out the teams that are the 49ers are going to be competing with when it comes to potential playoff spots come the end of the season. And I have begun to dug into the Warren Sharp football preview. Do you know of this? Do you do you look at the preview at all, Michelle? I do not. Okay, not. so Warren Sharp is, I think he's a genius. I love him. Um, yeah, I saw you, him on Twitter. He has some awesome uh, statistics he puts out there on a daily basis. Yes, uh, at Sharp Football on Twitter. Uh, he invents some of the stats, but he just he goes through everything. And some of the information that he comes up with, it makes you a smarter fan. And uh, so I've been going through the 49ers, and I found out a couple of things that blew me away. So I wanted to share those with you. So we'll get to that as well. First up, Michelle, I assume the biggest threats to the 49ers in the NFC. I mean, we have to look at the division first, do we not? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the there's only three big threats to the 49ers in all of the NFC, which is just stupid because, like I said, it's so soft. But the Rams in their own division is one is one of those teams. Now, I do think they're kind of on that line, though, where they're like a super threat or they might not be that much. Like last year, their team, yes, they had a great defense. They ended up being 10 and 6. They made the playoffs. But they were just kind of like just okay, it felt like. But with Matthew Stafford, we're all expecting this massive jump in production uh, on the offensive side of the ball. But what if that doesn't happen? I, I, I think it happens. But what if it doesn't? So I, I can't even say they're like a definite threat over the 49ers yet. Well, they did lose some key pieces off that defense. They lost three starters from the defense. They are sort yeah. of – they've pushed their chips in the center of the table. And they are on the Matthew Stafford train – that's sort of they're banking on him to make up for that essentially um i think it is i think they are going to get that boost Uh, everybody agrees that matthew stafford's better than jared goff so then why wouldn't the rams be better if they're adding a better quarterback despite the fact that or you know considering the fact that sean mcveigh wins 10 games a year with jared goof (laughs) you know what the weirdest thing that you just call them Jared Goof because I never have heard that before. And I accidentally typed Jared Goof the other day. Total accident. <laughs> I was typing. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm surprised more people don't call him this. This is hilarious. And then you just did it, which is very odd. Yeah, you would think if Sean McVay can go 10 and 6 and even make the Super Bowl one year with Jared Goof, uh, that he could do it with Matthew Stafford, who is a better overall quarterback. It's just what if they don't mesh? What if Stafford and the receivers and McVay don't mesh. I can't see it happening, but it's still a massive question mark. You're right. They are. And we were just talking about honeymoons. They're definitely in the honeymoon phase right now. Like everything is good. It's like when you first move into your dorm at college and all the roommates are like, oh yeah, I clean up after myself. Don't worry. (laughs) I love doing the dishes. Don't even worry about it. And then a month later, there's a pile of dishes in the kitchen. You can't even walk in because it smells. The bathroom is a mess. Like, there's a huge difference between everybody loving each other in July and everybody loving each other in, you know, November, December. A hundred percent. So, yes, right now it seems like the Rams will – 
have the best opportunity to take the division because even if the 49ers, you know, perform really well, if they do go to Trey Lance, it's just, it's hard to make the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. It doesn't happen all too often. So that's just a big ask right there. So I would give the division to the Rams at the moment. Uh, but besides that, then you're just looking at the Buccaneers and the Packers. And that's if Aaron Rodgers is still there and, you know, he plays for them this year. So that's also a big question mark. And then obviously you have to put the Buccaneers into the playoffs. So clearly they are a contender for the Super Bowl and a, a big threat to the 49ers. Well, I noticed that you have discarded, you've poo-pooed, you've ignored the Seattle Seahawks, the team that seemingly always beats the 49ers. How come you have just completely written them off, infuriating our friends over at field goals? So I'm not at all writing them off, but right now I'm just talking about teams that will likely beat out the 49ers. So the Seahawks are definitely in question for, you know, a team they're going to have to fight for, for that wild card spot. And I, this is the thing with the Seahawks, their defense. I don't know. Their first eight games were terrible. We've already talked about this before their last eight games. They were insanely better, but they faced really, really bad quarterbacks, but still at the same time, their first eight games, they allowed 30, nearly 31 points per game. Last eight games that went all the way down to 16 points per game. Like that is a massive difference. Uh, yes, they played terrible competition, but another thing to bring up, Jamal Adams missed weeks four through eight. So when he came back, they were a much better defense. And Jamal Adams still put up 9.5 sacks last season, which was the most in a single season by a defensive back. And he missed those weeks. He missed weeks four through eight. So what he did was pretty insane. Now they lost Shaquille Griffin, which is a big loss for them, uh, the cornerback there. And then KJ Wright's still a free agent. Like, I think they need to resign him. Like, figure that out. He was too big of a key part of their defense to miss. Uh, but I just know Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Chris Carson, like they're going to do their thing and they're likely going to fight for a playoff spot and get in. So uh, another team that the 49ers have to beat out for sure. But I don't think they're a team that you can just write in pen like they're making the playoffs. As long as Pete Carroll puckers up and gets nervous every time Russell Wilson throws an interception, yeah. the 49ers have a shot. I've never seen a coach that makes it harder for his team to win, especially one with as good a record as Pete Carroll has as a head coach than him. Like, yeah. how can he not get it still at this point when Russ throws that's your best chance to win? He still wants to run it and play defense like it's 1994. I still think that Super Bowl play is just stuck in Pete Carroll's head and he can't get over it. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to prove that our running game is great and we should have ran or no, actually they should have ran on that. Yeah. They should have ran on that line. And he's just so upset by, I don't know if he like holds a grudge over Russell Wilson over that play or what, but he does not want the ball in Russell Wilson's hands. And I don't understand it. He's by far your best player. Now that your defense isn't dominant anymore, like it was back in the day, the ball should be in Russell Wilson's hands. You win today's game by throwing and by being a great passing team. So if, yeah, Pete Carroll is going to continue being stupid, then the 49ers should be fine and should take second in this division pretty easily. I know we're going to get to the Warren Sharp stuff later, but he did have a note in the guide. Basically, every Super Bowl winner since the Seahawks in 2013, when Russ was on his rookie deal and they had one of the best defenses of all time, every Super Bowl winner since then has passed the ball at an above average rate in neutral situations. So it just goes to show, like, when in doubt, throw. Yes. 
especially nowadays. Yeah, you just there's it's not just a coincidence that the Packers and Tampa Bay and the Chiefs and the Bills were all the best teams in the league. Even the Steelers, who struggled so hard to run the ball the entire season, they still were 12 and four and went 11 and 0 because they passed, 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 passed. Ben wasn't fantastic, but they got it done. Uh, it's just it's a passing league, and if you don't have a quarterback that can pass, which the Seahawks do but they have a coach that hates him for some reason (laughs) and you're screwed. Another team in your division I want to bring up. I know you hate the Cardinals and you have zero respect for them and you have a zero respect for Cliff Kingsbury. I will say looking into the stats a little bit more, it is kind of impressive what he's done with this team in two years. Like the team he took over the Cardinals in 2018, before he got there, they were dead last in points per game, total yards per game, pass yards per game and rush yards per game. Dead last in all of those four metrics. And and then they were three and thirteen that season. They hire Cliff Kingsbury. They have Kyler Murray as a rookie quarterback. Like I said, it's not easy to win with a rookie quarterback. Five, ten, and one. Not a good record. But he increased that points per game by over eight. Eight points per game. Total yards per game went up by a hundred. Pass yards per game went up by nearly 70. And rush yards per game went up a ton. And then in 2020, it went up again in every single metric, and they went eight and eight. Like he's he's helped this team. He's made them better every single season. I think maybe we need to give him more credit for that. Everything you just said is 100% fair. And yet I'm going to take away a little bit of that credit because I feel like that improvement comes from Kyler Murray. And it comes from Kyler Murray, not on the design of the offense. It comes from him making off-schedule plays, just scrambling around a little bit rather than Cliff's offense itself being good. I mean... If you get the number one overall pick and you draft a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, your offense should be better. And I'm fully willing to admit, like you said, this could be my blind hatred of the Arizona Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury. But I think it has more to do with Kyler than it does Cliff. Maybe, but we saw with Baker Mayfield, right? He was really good his rookie season. And then they brought in Freddie Kitchens to be the head coach. Not brought in. He, I guess he just got promoted. And Baker Mayfield died. Like, you can die with a bad coach. So, and then he did much be- better this year with Kevin Stefanski. Like, killed it. So, you can live or die off of your coach. So, I do think Cliff Kingsbury is doing something well. And then you, you just, you saw every situation Kyler Murray got better in from year one to year two. And that's the progress where you want to see from a quarterback. He was better in deep passes, better on play action, better on the run, better outside the pocket, better against the blitz. Like he increased significantly in all of those areas. And that's the kind of growth you want to see out of a quarterback. So I do think the Cardinals can be scary this year. Uh, I don't know how much, like I don't think of them as a serious Super Bowl contender, but I do think they can get a wild card uh, seed this year and it's someone that the 49ers have to keep a lookout for they always play the 49ers tough they beat the 49ers in week one last year when a lot of the guys that we talk about being hurt were actually healthy and on the field so not everybody but you know that was basically the strongest the team was all season and the Cardinals won that game so they deserve credit for that Kyler gives the 49ers all sorts of trouble okay so outside of the division you named Green Bay and you named Tampa Bay yeah Obviously, I agree. Um, I host the SP Nation NFL show with RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. I noticed you have conveniently left the Dallas Cowboys off of that list. How come? So, again, the Bucks and Packers are just like the easy ones. Like, it's going to be really, really, really hard for the 49ers to surpass them in seeding and ranking and anything like that. Like, 
as long as Aaron Rodgers there. I have to say that again. I Yes, the Cowboys can win their division, um, but well, I don't know if they're yeah. going to get – I don't know if they're going to get in the way of the 49ers because the 49ers are likely fighting for a wild card spot. So if the Cowboys win the NFC East, which I don't know if it's going to be all that easy. I mean, yes, Dak Prescott is awesome and the offense should be fantastic, but that defense was incredibly bad last year. And I don't know if they've done enough to fix that. Like adding Mika Parsons, does that Micah Parsons, sorry, my dog's name's Mika and I just always confuse the two names. Does adding Micah Parsons, does that change it that much? We'll see. But in that case, then, if Dallas does win, it's Washington. You have to keep an eye out for it for that wild card spot. Even the Eagles. I am really, really high on the Eagles this year. I know nobody else is in the world, but I do think that the 49ers have to keep an eye out for Washington and for the Eagles if Dallas were to win. I'm not worried about the Giants. But with Washington, it comes down to one guy and one guy only. Do you get Fitz magic? Do you get Fitz tragic? There's two completely different quarterbacks in that same body, and it's whatever <laughs> one you get, and we have no idea which one it will be. I have argued with RJ that I think Washington could win that division. I think their defense is awesome, and I yeah. think that Fitzpatrick is going to make some clunker interceptions because that's what he always does, but I think their defense is good enough to kind of make up for that you know, maybe hold the opposing offense to a field goal instead of a touchdown on a short field, stuff like that. And it's going to give Fitzpatrick more chances to go pull the game out late. So I think Washington's going to be trouble for the Cowboys. And people forget, you know, everyone talks about how great Dak was last year before he got hurt, and he was. But they lost three out of the four games that he finished. So, you know, he was doing everything possible he could do, and they still weren't winning. That's got to be concerning to you if you're a Cowboys fan. You mentioned the Packers, and you said that it's going to be tough for the 49ers, and I agree the Packers should win a lot of games if Rodgers is there. But in a head-to-head matchup, I still feel like San Francisco has the edge. I know Rodgers is really good. I still feel like the 49ers would be able to run on them, especially if Trey Lance was there. I agree that Green Bay could finish with the better record possibly, but if they had to play head-to-head, I still feel pretty comfortable, and maybe that's just me um, thinking of the 2019 NFC Championship game too much. Yeah, and I definitely think the 49ers will hold their own in a matchup against the Packers. And it's not so much about head-to-head for me. It's like which team will be more consistent for the entire season. Uh, And Aaron Rodgers and that Packers team have gone 13-3 and in the last two seasons. It's hard to see them just falling apart. Uh, They've been just – they'll have one or two games where they're off, but they're incredibly consistent the rest of the year. So it would be hard for me to see the Packers not being a top two or three seed in the conference, even just top two seed if Aaron Rodgers is playing. By the way, did you notice how I completely skipped over the Philadelphia Eagles? You are so far alone out on that branch, Michelle. I I haven't heard anybody say that. The other NFL show I host is with Brandon Lee Gout and a Bleeding Green Nation, and he thinks the Eagles are going to stink this year. I really believe they have a chance to win this conference, or not the conference, I'm sorry, win the division. And if they don't win the division because either the Cowboys or Washington took that next step forward, then I do think they'll be fighting for a wild card spot. I I just believe so many of their issues last year were surrounding the offensive line and surrounding that they had no players healthy on offense in general, especially the pass catchers. And they should all be coming back. Like their line is going to be 
a well above average. They're getting back three guys on their line that are pro bowlers. I mean, yes, Jason Kelly played last year, but he's one of the best centers in the league. Brandon Brooks missed the entire season, and he's a pro bowl, all pro right guard, one of the best in the league. And then they get back right tackle Lane Johnson, who missed nine games last year. They also get back their first-round pick from 2019, uh, their left tackle, who missed all 16 games last year with a torn bicep. Their line last year was incredibly, insanely bad. They had 14 different starting O-line combos, which tied uh, for the most different combos since 1983 with Tampa Bay. Like, wow. They haven't had that many different starting offensive line combos in the NFL since 1983. Three, uh, pretty insane. Six of their offensive linemen last year made their first career NFL start. That's tied for the most by any team since 1991. So what they were going through last year was insanely difficult. And then Jalen Hurts was just thrown in, and he got to pass to guys like Travis Fulgram and Greg Ward. Like that's it. Those were the guys that were healthy. How are you supposed to succeed against behind that line throwing to those players? Uh, and then with Devonta Smith there now, I just think that changes things. Okay, I'm not going to lie. You kind of convinced me a little bit. That was, I did not realize things were so hideously bad for the Eagles, especially on the offensive line. And then one thing I want to say, I am couching all this with the idea that they are not going to trade for Deshaun Watson. Rumors continue to persist that if all those legal issues, and there are a ton of legal issues, but if somehow they got worked out, that Philly would be the team most interested in trying to get Deshaun Watson. And they do have potentially three first round picks next year if they wanted to work a trade. So if Deshaun Watson goes to Philly, that's a whole different argument. Yeah. And I kind of hope he doesn't. I want to see what Jalen Hurts can do there. Uh, I think he deserves a chance. I mean, yeah, his completion percentage was way down, but his average depth of target was insanely high. Like that will come down as soon as he has some good coaching, which Nick Sirianni, I think, is going to be an incredible coach in the NFL. He was already a, a great offensive coordinator, made Andrew Luck have his best statistical season uh, by a good margin, at least efficiency wise, um, kept him from being sacked when the Colts allowed the most sacks in the league in 2018 or sorry, in 2017, most sacks in the league. And then from 2018 to 2020, under Sirianni, they allowed the second fewest. So he brought that team from the worst to the second best. Uh, we have Shane Steichen there now uh, as the offensive coordinator with the Eagles. And he was the OC for Herbert last year. He made him pretty great. Hertz averaged 300 total yards per game last year, which was right with Dak, Mahomes, Watson, Allen, Herbert, and Murray. Those were the only quarterbacks that averaged uh, more than him. Like, I, I think he deserves a chance. Man, I got I to gotta cut that off for BLG. He's going to be pumped up to hear that. I mean, <laughs> you are not, you came ready to roll with the Eagles today. That's impressive. I am. I wrote this whole thing about the Eagles. I'm really high on them. I will not be surprised at all if they push nine, 10 wins next year and push for that wild card spot. And you have the Eagles beating the 49ers next year. Do you not? I do. I did. Yep. I still haven't figured out what you're going to have to do in our bet. If the 49ers, if I get more games right for the Niners this year, you want me to eat a bowl of mayonnaise, which just saying I'm already feeling sick today. Just saying it makes me nauseous. Like I'm already trying to, like picture in my head the smallest bowl in my house that I could get away <laughs> with. Like, that is so gross. Why would you do that to me? I thought we were friends. I feel like it's the grossest one to do where you're not going to die. Like at least it's not like trying to uh, choke down cinnamon where you can actually die. Or like you want me to eat those super, super hot chips. My organs will fail. 
Uh, see, I haven't made that the official thing. What I'm doing is I'm roping your wife in to try and get the dirt on you. So Did I tell you what happened? No. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings and we're eating and I said something about liking food. And she's like, is there any food you don't like? And oh, she like, said it like that. And I was like, did Stats ask you to ask me that? And she was like, how did you know? I'm like, I knew right away that oh. she was just probing for the answer. I was like, I, I'm not telling you anything. First of all, Kate, what are you doing? Like, you got to have a little more <laughs> tact than that. She Second thought she all, did it so smooth. And it, <laughs> it went, it flowed with the conversation pretty well. And I did almost answer normally. And then it clicked in my head that you totally asked her to ask me that. Uh, so yeah, I caught her. But like, she's your wife. She has to ask you if there's any food you don't like. She doesn't know who would there's know. There's no then? foods I don't like. I like all foods. All right. Well, then maybe I'm gonna have to ask you to like get a tattoo or something. I don't know. You, <laughs> I don't even. Do you have tattoos already? Because if you do, that's not that big a deal. No, I I only have one, and it's already embarrassing enough. So, it's I got it when I was 18, and it says. <laughs> live laugh love on my foot so i want to cut my foot off because it's the most like 60 year old white girl mom mom kitchen sign in life yeah live laugh love mm-hmm. i'm that basic basic white girl yeah that is kind of basic i'm not gonna lie yeah you, well you don't want to forget any of those things so it's good <laughs> no, that they're you on don't your body forget to live you don't want to forget to laugh or love i mean how would i remember without it being on my foot i can't imagine Oh God! <laughs> hey, we all do stupid things when we're teenagers, so yeah. I don't blame you at all. Uh, I'm going to remember to take a break. And when we come back, I have been pretty critical of George Kittle this offseason, but I have to say I do owe George Kittle a little bit of an apology. I was digging through some of the stats from last year, and I saw one that made me realize I got to eat some serious crow with George Kittle. So I'll do that when we come back. We are back here on Stats and Mags on the Niners Nation Podcast Network. All right, Michelle, I mentioned it earlier. I have been digging through Warren Sharp's 2021 NFL preview. He's got pages and pages of data on every single NFL team. I always start with the Niners, of course. And as I've been going through, I've been discovering certain stats that have jumped out to me. And I mentioned before we went to break that I owe George Kittle an apology. I think that he needs to score more touchdowns. And I stand by that because he does. He's the highest paid tight end in the league. He's never had more than five in a single season. He needs more. But I want to ask you, off the top of your head, keeping in mind that George Kittle only played in eight games last year, how many red zone targets do you think George Kittle got? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm going to go with 14. It's actually four. Four? Four, four red zone targets. Oh my goodness. 14's a little high because I think a yeah, red zone. Yeah, not even end zone targets. Just he had four red zone targets. Four. One every other game that he played. How wow. can that be? Kyle Yushchek had nine, Michelle. That's twice as many, basically. How can that be? That's mind blowing. Four red zone targets. What's he supposed to do? What is Kyle Shanahan doing? I don't know. And I don't like, I really honestly don't think that George Kittle has been wide open a bunch of times and quarterbacks have missed him. I just, I don't know what like, they're going. Are they trying to use him as a decoy in the red zone? Like there's, are they no, using him as a blocker in the red zone? Is that what's happening? That could be it, but there's just no excuse for that. There's no yeah. way your fullback should have twice as many red zone targets as the best player on your offense. The guy that you're paying all this money to. That is insane. 
that makes me nervous now for him in fantasy a little bit because what if they keep that up like he must be being used as a blocker or they're not scheming him uh to get open and getting him the ball like you know Kyle Shanahan's smart enough to create plays where he can get his best player open and I just don't understand why he's not and there has to be a reason behind that now I need to go back and see what his numbers were like in 2019 uh because I'm really interested that's crazy I do apologize, Kittle, that like that is uh, I didn't think it was that low. You didn't get as many opportunities as I thought. I still think you need to score more, but you also need to get into Kyle's office and say, hey, what the hell are we doing there? All right. A couple other numbers that jumped out to me. If you take out sacks, quarterback sneaks and kneel downs, Trey Lance averaged eight yards a carry during his college career. Now, I know what everybody's going to say. I know everyone's going to say it was North Dakota State. The NFL is much harder, blah, blah, blah. And I agree. So let's just be conservative, Michelle, and say let's take three yards per carry off of that, right? And put Mm -hmm. Trey Lance at five yards per carry in the NFL. That would still be tied for ninth best in the league with Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and starting running back Raheem Mostert. Yeah, and we've seen it happen with Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. They're right around there. So I I don't think it's crazy at all. When I look at, when I watch Trey Lance play, you can see so much Lamar Jackson in him. He's just as elusive. He can make guys miss. And I think he's stronger than Lamar Jackson where he's going to get more yards after contact. If anyone can even contact him. Uh, I do think Lamar, or I do think Trey Lance is going to be one of the best rushing quarterbacks in the league immediately. Uh, so, yeah, I won't be shocked at all if he's around five yards per carry. That's actually what I expect. I think people are sleeping on how good of a runner he is, partly because they just haven't seen enough of him. Um, the other thing is for the Niners, this is a great year in terms of the schedule. No team faces an easier drop in schedule difficulty of defenses than the 49ers. Hooray. They shift from the third toughest schedule to the 19th toughest schedule. And the past defense schedule shifts from the fifth toughest to the 26th toughest, which says to me, perfect year to slide Trey Lance in early, get him in his rookie year on this pillowy soft schedule and let him get his feet under him in the NFL. Oh, yeah. I mean, there is no sitting and waiting for Trey Lance to come in because I think at that point, we've already discussed this, uh, the schedule is pretty great for him to jump in there. But also, if he has to sit for another year after sitting in 2020, him coming back from that, it's going to be really hard. Just imagine any of these veterans sitting for two years and coming back. Like, it would be rusty for them, let alone a 20-year-old kid, like, you have to get him out on that field immediately. Uh, If not week one or week two, like, week three. Like, no later than that. Get him in the game. Look, I've been saying it forever. You should start right out of the gate. Two more things before we go. Uh, How many games do you think the 49ers had Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk play the entire game last year? Uh, I'll go with two. Two is correct. Way to go by you. Week six against the Rams, they won 24-16. And then week seven, the following week against the Patriots, they won 33-6. to So when the 49ers had the lineup that they're supposed to have with their number one quarterback, there's two starting wideouts, and they're all pro tight end, they outscored opponents 57-22. to That's an average of 28.5 points a game. And that's against great defensive coordinators in Brandon Staley, who's now with the Chargers, and Bill Belichick. So, like, when the Niners have the lineup that they are supposed to have, 
They're really, really good. Okay, so with you saying that and us just talking crap, but it, we weren't even talking crap about Jimmy Garoppolo. We're just saying now that Lance, you have to use him. But now looking at that stat and seeing how well they all did together in 2019, minus Ayuk, obviously, does this make you want to play Jimmy Garoppolo then if he's healthy? No, because I don't think he's doing anything that Trey Lance can't do. And for okay. just for argument's sake, there's a stat called average yards to the sticks, which basically means on third down, how close are you throwing the ball in the air to the first down marker? Do you know where Jimmy Garoppolo ranked in air yards to the sticks? I, I'm guessing almost last because all of his yards come from catch. Well, if you're guessing last among starters, you would be wrong. Well, technically you'd be right, but he's actually even <laughs> worse than that. He's 40th in the league in air yards to the sticks. 40th. Yeah. You know what that says to me? That means that on third down, Kyle Shanahan is like, I just got to get the ball out of this guy's hands and get it to somebody that can actually do something with it. To me, that says that Trey Lance could do the exact same thing. Trey, if you drafted this guy third overall and he can't throw a little check down pass on third down, you got major problems. A hundred percent. And you're totally right. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo's stats look pretty solid. His win-loss when he actually starts look really solid, but he's not really doing all that much to get there. He's just depending on his playmakers, and his playmakers are able to do that because of his play caller. Uh, just everything is just open for him. It's a perfect offense to get one of these quarterbacks who aren't actually that fantastic in there. And if you think Trey Lance is actually a fantastic quarterback, I mean, I would think that's the reason why you gave up so much to go up there, then he should be amazing in this offense and should be even better than Jimmy Garoppolo right off the bat. I, the more I, when I look at just what the 49ers have said, what the 49ers have done, and now what the data actually shows from last year and some of 2019 as well, there's just no reason not to do it. And all the Jimmy stands always come at me with all these goofy stats about the record when he starts and how he's really good if he has more than two and a half seconds to throw as if that's some big revelation, as if every quarterback in the league isn't really good when they have a lot of time to throw. Sam Darnold just, is garbage, but yeah, besides everyone else. I just have to throw in some Sam Darnold hate because I needed to. Always welcome on this show because I think he's going <laughs> to stink. I think he stinks on ice, and I think the Panthers are absolutely nuts if they think he's going to be good. And the fact that that's, that's where they're pushing their chips with their quarterback situation that's stunned. Like they should want Jimmy Garoppolo. Sam they Donald? passed on Justin Fields. Yeah, well, that, that's true. You'll never let them live that down. No, no. Did you see the picture of Justin Fields in the Bears uniform with the sweet visor? I did. It was beautiful. Did you see the picture of Trey Lance in his sports bra? <sighs> yes, I saw the picture. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm just messing. You know, I'm just messing. I know you have a deep, deep hatred of sports bra. I just know. <laughs> All these 49er mouth breathers on Twitter, like yeah. this is a good thing. He's wearing tracking technology so yes. that he doesn't get hurt. The biggest issue the 49ers have had in their tenure. And by the way, just so you know, they were the most injured team last year. They were the sixth most injured team in 2019, the fourth most injured team in 2018, and the 10th most injured team in 2017. That's the main thing crushing the Kyle Shanahan era. Your number three draft pick, who they gave up three first-round picks to get, is wearing tracking technology so that he doesn't get hurt. And you're upset because it looks like a sports bra? What the hell's the matter with you? 
Yeah, no, it's it's the smart thing for him to do. He's training correctly. And even if he just wanted to wear a sports bra so his sweat wasn't dripping down, then good for him. But no, he's wearing it for other reasons. But I would like to just think that he's wearing it to protect his, uh, you know, his, I, I can't say the word, <laughs> to protect the sweat coming down. I was going to say to protect his boobies, but that's just weird. Well, I'm glad you didn't say it then. <laughs> also to the person on Twitter that asked, is Trey Lance wearing a sports bra because his boobs hurt? I just feel like I have to tell you, women don't wear bras because their <laughs> boobs hurt. Like, I'm sorry I had to be the one to have that talk with you. Just just throwing that out there. Yeah, that yeah, I forget to wear a sports bra because I was hurting. That's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is a weird end to the show, but that's how it's going to go. Enjoy your Friday, everybody. If you haven't done it already, please Follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Like I said, hopefully a big announcement and some different things we're going to be doing this year coming soon. You don't want to miss an episode. We are so close, so close to the start of training camp. It is going to be a season that is going to be so much fun. I cannot wait for it. And I know Michelle is counting the seconds to the preseason games. I really am. I really, really am. We may have to have like a preseason game watch party or something over Zoom. We got to figure that out. I'm so down. Uh, Some white claws, some buffalo wing dip. Let's go. Outstanding. How do you make your buffalo wing dip? Oh, I make it the best. But it's with ranch, of course, not blue cheese. (sighs) Cream cheese. Chicken. Cheese. (laughs) Hot sauce. It's it's a pretty simple recipe. Do you use Tabasco or do you go for Frank's Red Red Hot? Hot. The Red Hot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. girl. Yes. You just you, I mean, you gotta you have would, that buttery hot sauce. Yes, the buttery sauce. That's right. That's a key. Yeah. And you and Trey Lance can enjoy the ranch because he puts the ranch on everything from pizza to buffalo sauce. So there you go. Same, same. You gotta have it on your pizza. I, I dip my fries in it. This is this is how you gain weight um, in quarantine. <laughs> is you have ranch with everything. Uh, that's the that's the key right there. So if you're looking to put on any weight out uh, anyone out there, that's uh, I just gave you the method. There you go. Shout out Mike McGlinchey. Hit up the ranch. You could use the extra poundage, dude. All right. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, y'all.